Hi, and thanks for joining us for this broadcast of Godcast with Pastor Earl. We're here to share the teaching of God's Word without any spin. The last time we shared with you the power of praise, worship, and prayer. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, we learn that godly King Jehoshaphat and Judah were surrounded by the enemy. Whenever you're trying to live a godly life, you will find that your life will be under continuous attack, and particularly in these last days. Anyway, in the beginning verses, let me review. In verse 1, there, were, there they were living in peace, and there was a ravaging attempt to attack. You will find it to be that way in your life. There you are, happy, joyful, walking with the Lord. And then it seems like out of nowhere comes an attack from the enemy. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 12, talks about not wrestling against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. It's not just a bad day. There are demonic forces seeking to destroy us. So it was a ravaging attempt to attack. Secondly, there was the report that they accelerated. Very rarely is it just a minor little attack. Many times it's like the perfect storm, one attack right after the other. The car breaks down, you have a health issue, problems with relationships, whatever it is. Many times there's a demonic source just seeking to disrupt your relationship with God and cause division, cause division between you and others. And like Job, remember when he had the bad day? He just kept hearing thing after thing that was happening in his life. There was a storm that destroyed his home, killed his family. It was just rough. Many times we go through seasons of really stormy weather. But here we find that Jehoshaphat was a good man, but being good isn't enough. He had a relationship with God. His initial instinct was to be fearful. We go many times by our fears and by our feelings. And as I shared with you before, fear simply many times is just false evidences that appear real, a little acronym. So Jehoshaphat does have fear. All normal people have fear. We all do. But don't stay in the valley of fear. Remember your God and set yourself to seek the Lord. Well, Jehoshaphat did that. He determined to seek the Lord with all of his heart. As a spiritual leader, it's so important wherever you are in life to seek the Lord with all of your heart. Next, he proclaimed a fast. Many people are just feasting as if there's no tomorrow. But he proclaimed what a fast, and in Isaiah 58, it tells us about 
the importance of fasting. Jesus himself talked about fasting, and he said, when you fast, he assumed that we had that as a discipline in our Christian lives. Next, in the fourth verse, there is power when we will praise. Remember, Judah, that word meant praise. And there's power when we praise, and the enemy seeks to crush the praise out of our life. Why? Because he knows that when we do open our mouths and praise the Lord, it draws the manifest presence of God. Secondly, it says he gathered them together. As they were gathered together, there's power in unity. One will chase a thousand, two will chase ten thousand. In my marriage, in the beginning of the marriage, we had a Bible verse, Ecclesiastes 4, which says two are better than one because if one falls, you have the other person to pick you up. So they gathered together to ask help of the Lord. There's power if we will humble ourselves and call upon the name of the Lord. Hebrews says he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. In verse 5, Jehoshaphat, which means Jehovah has judged, he stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. That was simply the place where the people gathered together. Well, here there's priority in the sanctuary. Please don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Find a good worshiping church. Find a church where there's a lot of love. Find a church where the word of God is powerful and preeminent, and your pastor believes in that word of God. In verses 6 to 12, though, we find a prayer. We have the pattern for prayer in Matthew, the sixth chapter. But here in Second Chronicles 26 to 12, we have a specific prayer. Anytime in the word of God you come across a prayer, be sure that you stop and read it and analyze it and say, God, what are you saying here? Because the old saints of God knew how to pray. And we need to remember that. So verses 6 to 12, the prayer to our sovereign Lord. We pray when we pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven. We remember that he's sovereign. He's a supernatural God. There's no God like our God. And if we will pray, there'll be tremendous power imparted to us and seen around us. It said in the prayer, O Lord God of our fathers, aren't you the God in heaven? Don't you rule over the kingdoms of the heathen? And in your hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? There's no power, no forces of darkness that can be hindered by God himself. He's more powerful than anyone or anything or any circumstance. That's why. We need to pray. That's why we need to seek the Lord. Are you going through something right now? You say, man, I'm going through incredible things. I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Well, keep on going and don't quit. His presence is with you. 
in the seventh verse of Second Chronicles 20, remind God and remember the times where he's brought you through difficult things, where he delivered you from that accident or healed your body or found you a job, whatever, and just rehearse those things before our God. He says, are you not our God, which drove out the inhabitants of this land and you gave it to the seed of Abraham, your friend forever? God is a promise-keeping God and he will keep his covenants. Genesis chapter 12, he blesses those. He says, I'll bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. That blessing has been an eternal blessing because we see it even right now, how God is protecting his children and protecting the land of Israel and the people of Israel. Next in verse eight, there's the priority of the people where if you will put God first in your life, God will make sure that he does great and mighty things. Verse 8, they dwelt therein, it says, and have built thee a sanctuary for your name, saying, I wonder, is your life a sanctuary? The body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. There used to be a little chorus. Well, the chorus is still around. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary for you, pure and holy, tried and true. And so remember that, that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So there's the promise. We'll, we'll find God keeps his promises and rehearse the promises of God. If he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, it's not that God has a lack of memory. He loves when we quote his word, Lord, you said you would provide all my needs. You said that you would take care of me. And so remind God of those things. In verses 10 and 11, submit your problem to the Lord. Tell him about your problems. Tell him about your pain. In verses 10 and 11, God is big enough to take our complaints and our words and our fears, and we can tell him exactly how we feel, and he will have an understanding and a loving heart toward us. We are his children. As we close the broadcast today in verse 12, there's a powerful verse, and I use this a lot of times in my own life. Listen to it. Oh, our God, wilt thou not judge them? We have no might against this great company that comes against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are on you. Begin with a passionate plea, oh, our God, and then realize that we need to admit to God our personal weaknesses. When we're proud and too strong and won't admit we need help, how can we get God's help? So. Admit that to God. We have no might against this company that comes against us. Zechariah 4.6 tells us this. It says, it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And then admit you don't have wisdom. James says, if you lack wisdom, that's the skill of living, not natural wisdom. God, what do I do in these circumstances? 
Then it says, Lord, we don't know what to do. Admit to the Lord that you don't have all the answers and that you need them. It says, but our eyes are upon thee. Focus your faith today on the Lord. Remember when Peter was walking on the water, living in the supernatural, but he looked at the wind, looked at the waves and listened to the wind and he began to sink. You got to keep your eyes on Jesus. Lord, take care of each person that's listening to this broadcast today. Help them to know you love them. I pray that they will admit their need for you today, and they'll be reminded by this teaching to put their eyes on you. God bless you. We love you. We'll be back soon. Hi, and thanks for joining us for this broadcast of Godcast with Pastor Earl. We're here to share the teaching of God's Word without any spin. The last time we shared with you the power of praise, worship, and prayer. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, we learn that godly King Jehoshaphat and Judah were surrounded by the enemy. Whenever you're trying to live a godly life, you will find that your life will be under continuous attack, and particularly in these last days. Anyway, in the beginning verses, let me review. In verse 1, there, were, there they were, living in peace, and there was a ravaging attempt to attack. You will find it to be that way in your life. There you are, happy, joyful, walking with the Lord, and then it seems like out of nowhere comes an attack from the enemy. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 12, talks about not wrestling against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness, in high places. It's not just a bad day. There are demonic forces seeking to destroy us. So it was a ravaging attempt to attack. Secondly, there was the report that they accelerated. Very rarely is it just a minor little attack. Many times it's like the perfect storm, one attack right after the other. The car breaks down, you have a health issue, problems with relationships, whatever it is. Many times there's a demonic source just seeking to disrupt your relationship with God and cause division, cause division between you and others. And like Job, remember when he had the bad day? He just kept hearing thing after thing that was happening in his life. There was a storm that destroyed his home, killed his family. It was just rough. Many times we go through seasons of really stormy weather. But here we find that Jehoshaphat was a good man, but being good isn't enough. He had a relationship with God. His initial instinct was to be fearful. We go many times by our fears and by our feelings. And as I shared with you before, 
fear simply many times is just false evidences that appear real, a little acronym. So Jehoshaphat does have fear. All normal people have fear. We all do. But don't stay in the valley of fear. Remember your God and set yourself to seek the Lord. Well, Jehoshaphat did that. He determined to seek the Lord with all of his heart. As a spiritual leader, it's so important wherever you are in life to seek the Lord with all of your heart. Next, he proclaimed a fast. Many people are just feasting as if there's no tomorrow. But he proclaimed what a fast. And in Isaiah 58, it tells us about the importance of fasting. Jesus himself talked about fasting. And he said, when you fast, he assumed that we had that as a discipline in our Christian lives. Next, in the fourth verse, there is power when we will praise. Remember, Judah. That word meant praise, and there's power when we praise, and the enemy seeks to crush the praise out of our life. Why? Because he knows that when we do open our mouths and praise the Lord, it draws the manifest presence of God. Secondly, it says he gathered them together. As they were gathered together, there's power in unity. One will chase a thousand, two will chase ten thousand. In my marriage, in the beginning of the marriage, we had a Bible verse, Ecclesiastes 4, which says two are better than one because if one falls, you have the other person to pick you up. So they gathered together to ask help of the Lord. There's power if we will humble ourselves and call upon the name of the Lord. Hebrews says, He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. In verse 5, Jehoshaphat, which means Jehovah has judged, he stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. That was simply the place where the people gathered together. Well, here there's priority in the sanctuary. Please don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Find a good worshiping church. Find a church where there's a lot of love. Find a church where the word of God is powerful and preeminent. And your pastor believes in that word of God. In verses 6 to 12, though, we find a prayer. We have the pattern for prayer in Matthew, the sixth chapter. But here, in Second Chronicles 26 to 12, we have a specific prayer. Anytime in the Word of God you come across a prayer, be sure that you stop and read it and analyze it and say, God, what are you saying here? Because the old saints of God knew how to pray. And we need to remember that. So verses 6 to 12 the prayer to our sovereign Lord. We pray when we pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, we remember that he's sovereign. He's a supernatural God. There's no God like our God. And if we will pray, there'll be tremendous power 
imparted to us and seen around us. It said in the prayer, O Lord God of our fathers, aren't you the God in heaven? Don't you rule over the kingdoms of the heathen? And in your hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? There's no power, no forces of darkness that can be hindered by God himself. He's more powerful than anyone or anything or any circumstance. That's why we need to pray. That's why we need to seek the Lord. Are you going through something right now? You say, man, I'm going through incredible things. I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Keep on going and don't quit. His presence is with you. In the seventh verse of Second Chronicles 20, remind God and remember the times where he's brought you through difficult things, where he delivered you from that accident or healed your body or found you a job, whatever, and just rehearse those things before our God. He says, are you not our God, which drove out the inhabitants of this land and you gave it to the seed of Abraham, your friend forever? God is a promise-keeping God and he will keep his covenants. Genesis chapter 12, he blesses those. He says, I'll bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. That blessing has been an eternal blessing because we see it even right now, how God is protecting his children and protecting the land of Israel and the people of Israel. Next in verse eight, there's the priority of the people, where if you will put God first in your life, God will make sure that he does great and mighty things. Verse eight, they dwelt therein, it says, and have built thee a sanctuary. For your name saying, I wonder, is your life a sanctuary? The body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. There used to be a little chorus. Well, the chorus is still around. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary for you, pure and holy, tried and true. And so remember that, that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So there's the promise will we'll find God keeps his promises and rehearse the promises of God. If he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, it's not that God has a lack of memory. He loves when we quote his word, Lord, you said you would provide all my needs. You said that you would take care of me. And so remind God of those things. In verses 10 and 11, submit your problem to the Lord. Tell him about your problems. Tell him about your pain. In verses 10 and 11, God is big enough to take our complaints and our words and our fears, and we can tell him exactly how we feel, and he will have an understanding and a loving heart toward us. We are his children. As we close the broadcast today in verse 12, there's a powerful verse, and I use this a lot of times in my own life. Listen to it. Oh, our God, wilt thou not judge them? We have no might against this great company that comes against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes 
are on you. Begin with a passionate plea, oh, our God, and then realize that we need to admit to God our personal weaknesses. When we're proud and too strong and won't admit we need help, how can we get God's help? So admit that to God. We have no might against this company that comes against us. Zechariah 4.6 tells us this. It says, it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And then admit you don't have wisdom. James says, if you lack wisdom, that's the skill of living, not natural wisdom. God, what do I do in these circumstances? Then it says, Lord, we don't know what to do. Admit to the Lord that you don't have all the answers and that you need them. It says, but our eyes are upon thee. Focus your faith today on the Lord. Remember when Peter was walking on the water, living in the supernatural, but he looked at the wind, looked at the waves and listened to the wind and he began to sink. You got to keep your eyes on Jesus. Lord, take care of each person that's listening to this broadcast today. Help them to know you love them. I pray that they will admit their need for you today, and they'll be reminded by this teaching to put their eyes on you. God bless you. We love you. We'll be back soon.